team. Thank you for being here. Have a seat, please. I can make it. Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church Coronado. All of you that are here, that is wonderful. All of you watching us online, that's wonderful too. Amen. We're glad you're here. Hopefully you're glad you're here. I'm not Pastor Jim. My name is John. I've been asked to do announcements today while they're out traveling and preaching and serving and Doing a reunion and stuff. They said, by the way, they're having a great time. Let's continue to remember them in prayer as well as they're gone. Today we have Terry Miller with us, and we enjoyed him last time. You'll enjoy him again. Today there is a military meal afterwards, and it doesn't say if it's here or there. There, so it's outside there. And if you are active duty, you're welcome. You do not have to show an ID, <laughs> but God will know if you're lying. <laughs> the truth is, Ryan will probably know if you're lying. But anyway, free lunch, free lunch oh, over there. Enjoy that. And then you got the bulletin today for Bible studies. Look in there for Bible studies out through the week, a whole bunch of them. Uh, it doesn't mention in here, we also have an adult Sunday school on Sunday mornings, and uh, David does that and does a great job. If you would like to be interested, if you're interested in that, it's right in there at uh, 9 o'clock. supposed to start at 845, but it never does. So <laughs> 9 o'clock. If I were leading it, it would never start at 845, that's for sure. Those of you in the class would understand that one. Then uh, coming up Saturday is men's breakfast. That'll be at 8 o'clock. Every man is welcomed. If you've not come before, please do, because it's a great time. If you want to come and help out in any manner, come at 7 o'clock. That could be setting up and stuff. If you say, I can't cook, well, that's great. Then you come and set up tables and everything else, okay? So everybody, every man is welcome to that one, Saturday at 8 o'clock. Then next Sunday, we will have uh, Elmo Compton, who is a missionary to Tijuana, so we're looking forward to that. And we will be on October 9th voting on the new bylaws that is in the Constitution. That'll be members. So if you've not gotten one, I think they're in the back. You can grab one and look at the bylaws. There aren't that many changes, so it's not that big a deal. But we've got to do it. Got to do it, right? Then a new members class is coming up. That's going to be on October 23rd. And we were just talking about free lunches. There's another free lunch for you. So if you're not even interested in becoming a member, sign up and get a free lunch. And then afterwards, you can say, no, thank you. I'm not interested in becoming a member, but you got a free lunch. Members, you are not welcomed. Okay. So anyway, sign up. You're going to sign up on this card. 
right here. This is in the front of you. Uh, sometimes they get slid down, but you'll find one in the back of the seats there. This is for uh, anybody. If you're a regular attender or a member and you have a, a prayer request, please fill it out. Tell us about it, and we'll be praying or change of address or anything like that. And then any newcomers, please fill it out just so we'll know that you were here. We'll have contact with you. And then if you are a newcomer, so that you'll know, we don't take an offering, but if you'd like to give something, it, there's a box on the back on the way out on the left-hand side where we will put all of our tithes and offerings, okay? So right now, let's have a word of prayer as we begin. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you that we can come together like this and praise you, fellowship with one another, Lord, and hear your word. We praise you for this time. We praise you for the opportunity and just ask that you would accept our praises as we worship you. Be glorified through this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and continue.
thank you again. Please be seated. So when the pastor's gone, you always got to bring in some kind of a preacher from somewhere. <laughs> Usually it's somebody traveling, right? Or someone like next week, missionary to Mexico or something like that. No. We brought in our own member, Terry Miller, from Coronado, all the way from Coronado. Oh, from Coronado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he really had to go out of his way to get here, but he did have to go out of his way to prepare a fine message. Terry has been involved in ministry for about 35 years, basically all in San Diego. If, uh, if any of you have ever been to Helix High School in the back parking lot, I, was, I grew up around the area, so I was very familiar with it. You stand at the back parking lot and you look up and there was his church for about 22 years, he said. And then after that, ended up over an ocean beach for a while and then took some time off with his wife in a motorhome and then back to ministry again. And then when he retired, I think if you were here about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, he preached and he, he told us about this. They spent eight years without a home in a motorhome. What? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if she wasn't dead after one year, that would be the problem. Anyway, then they ended up here in Coronado, and we are really pleased to have Terry Miller with us again. So let's welcome him, shall we? Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's see, we're gonna try this. Let's have the boys and girls. Would the boys and girls all come up this morning real quick? Come on up, boys and girls. We're gonna learn a new song in just a minute. Maybe your moms and dads will learn a new song too. Come on, boys and girls, where are you? Come on. Here we go, here we go. All right, all right. So listen, boys and girls, do any of you know what this is? A fishing pole. <laughs> it is. It is a fishing pole. So this is my son-in-law's fishing pole. This is actually a fly rod. How many of you knew that already? Yeah, like three of us, okay? <laughs> and actually, I, I brought this this morning. It came in a case, and I went to put it together like about an hour ago. It's twice as long as this. It's like 10 feet long, and I would have killed somebody if I had put it all together. But, but this is a fishing pole, and people use this, this to catch fish. They use it to catch trout. Have any of you been fishing before? Yeah. Have you been fishing? Yeah. What did you catch? I caught like um, a spotted bass. Oh, and did you take it home and eat it? No. Oh, you didn't? No. Did you throw it away? Put it right back in what? Good girl. All right, all right. So today, we're going to talk a little bit later about being fishers of men. And, uh, but before we get to that, thank you. We're going to learn a little song. It's, it's kind of an easy song, okay? But I'm gonna, it's a brand new song for a lot of us. And it's called, I Will Make You Fishers of Men. So it goes, I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men. Does anybody know this song? Can help us out too? Like, okay, again, three of us. So, oh, you know it. All right. Okay. So will you guys sing with me this morning? I'll try to sing it and strung my guitar, and it'll be a real easy song, and we'll do it a couple times. Okay? Here we go. It goes like this. 
I will make you fishers of men. Again, fishers of men, fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. If you follow me, if you follow me, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. Now, we're going to do it one more time because you guys got it now, right? We all know it pretty well. You guys know it pretty well. Sing along with us, okay? Here we go. I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. If you follow me. If you follow me, I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. All right. Good job, boys and girls. Good job, moms and dads. Okay, you can go to your classes now. Thank you very much. Didn't they do a good job? Yeah. All right, let's take our Bibles today, turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. All right, I'm a long way from Matthew 4, come on. Matthew chapter 4. So... I just want to thank you all for being here today. It's good to look out and see your happy faces. I was going to bring my camera up and take a picture and send it to Pastor Jim and say, look, see, people really do show up when you're not here. And, and, uh, but I won't do that. Okay, I'm just really, really glad you're here. Today is National Daughter's Day. How many of you knew that? National Daughter's Day. My daughter is here right down here in the front row. Let's welcome Becky. Thank you. She was checking my hair this morning and making sure everything was good on her dad so I wouldn't embarrass her <laughs> on National Daughter's Day, you know. Um, but uh, I want to thank Ryan for his message last week about being, you know, winning people to Christ in, in, a, in a, a multiplication way where it's not just one person at a time getting saved, but people are are being multiplied to Christ. And that's how churches grow, and that's how the kingdom of God, God expands. When I was with you about four or five weeks ago, I spoke um, about being ambassadors for Christ, being an ambassador, being a, a representative of Christ wherever we go. And, and today I want to sort of piggyback on, on that a little bit, because here in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is putting together his group of followers, putting together his 12. And we see here in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 18, it says this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. One was Simon, that we often call Peter, and the other was his brother Andrew. And they were, 
They were casting a net into the sea because they were what? Fishermen. Yeah, that's what they did. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Hey, we just sang about that, right? Fishers of men. You're fishing for fish now. You're pretty good at that. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to make you a person that goes out into the world and wins people to faith in Christ. And that's exactly what, what these guys did. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, how does that relate to being an ambassador for Christ? Well, you know, being a part of being an ambassador for Christ, part of it is actually going out into the world and actually helping people cross the line of faith, amen, cross the line of faith and actually become followers of Jesus Christ themselves. And that's what Jesus was calling these guys to do. It was sort of like, if you can think of an embassy, let's say we have an embassy in Brazil, and that embassy represents the United States of America, and let's say, you know, people from Brazil may occasionally go to our embassy, and they want to know, hey, what's, uh, what's America like? Tell us about America. Let us see pictures of America. And they would learn about America. But what if one or two of them said, hey, we like what we see we would actually like to become American citizens. Can you help us with that? And, and so, and of course, it's uh, not that easy to become an American citizen these days, but, it, but in theory, these guys, this person, this Brazilian, could actually cease to be a citizen of Brazil and could eventually become a, a citizen of our country. And that's what, exactly what Jesus is calling us to do, amen? Helping people to go from the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, into the great kingdom of God. And you know, that's exactly what happened to me when I was 13 years of age. I, I mentioned the story a few weeks ago when I spoke. I was 13 years old. There was a, a young man. He was my cabin counselor at summer camp. His name was Joey McDonald. And one night... Uh, after chapel, he just took me out to the back step of the little cabin. Up in, we're up in the North Main Woods. It was dark that night, beautiful night, stars in the sky. And he just asked me a simple question. He said, Terry, if you died tonight, are you sure you would go to heaven? And I, I gave him, uh, you know, a couple of answers. Well, you know, Dad's a deacon at the church. I ring the bell every once in a while. I gave him some answers like that, and he said, well, I'm glad about your dad, and glad you're a bell ringer, and <laughs> I told him my Aunt Vera had played the piano there 50 years. He was impressed, but he said, you know, it's not really about your dad or your Aunt Vera. It's about you. Are you sure that you would go to heaven? And even though I'd grown up in church, I, I really wasn't sure, and he, he said, very simply, he said, well, let's take care of that tonight. Let's make sure. Isn't that simple? Let's make sure. And we just bowed there, and I said a prayer, and it was like the whole world just turned upside down for me in, in, in a good way. And I, I accepted Christ, and my life hasn't been the same since because I, he was a fisher of men that night. He helped bring me into the, into the family of God. Now, when, when, you, when we think about God calling us, to do that, you know, our first reaction was, well, wait a minute. I think that's probably the preacher's job to do that, right? 
That's, that's why we pay the preacher to do that. I used to think that. In fact, uh, I, when I was a young Christian, I had the whole church sort of broken down into my job and the preacher's job. I had three jobs as a Christian, at least in my mind, when I was young. Uh, after I got saved, three things. I ought, to, I ought to go to church, yeah. I ought to live a good life. And then when it was all said and done, do what? Go to heaven. Three things, pretty easy things. So you think about those three things that I thought a Christian ought to do. Go to church. Well, see, you guys, you guys are all here in church today, so you're, 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 you're doing okay. You've got one down, amen? And then the second thing, live a good life. Well, listen, if you live in San Diego, it's a good life already. <laughs> right? How many of you have lived other places? You know what I'm talking about. You're here for a reason. I live here for a reason. Marcy and I traveled in our motorhome all over the country for eight years. Where do we want to live? San Diego. So live a good life. You're doing that. Number three was what? Go to heaven. Well, <clears throat> well, again, if you're here today, you haven't really gone to heaven yet, right? Uh, you're waiting to go to heaven. You hope you're going to heaven. I hope you're going to heaven. Um, but that was, those were the three things I came up with. And then the preacher had two jobs. His job was to preach sermons on Sunday. And then the second job was to help people get saved. Those were the two things to preach. So here was my job. Here was his job. And I really thought that was true when I was a young Christian. Now, the illustration of that uh, came about when I was in my first church back in about 1982. I got a call from a woman one day who was a member of my church. She was a new Christian. And she called me up all excited. And she said, Pastor Terry, I just was talking to my sister on the phone a few minutes, and she wants to get saved. Can you meet with her tomorrow and help her get saved? And I said, well, you bet. I can, I can sure do that. And she said, good, I'll meet you. Here's her address. I'll meet you at her house. And uh, she, she's ready to get saved. So I said, great. So sure enough, we went to her house. We met with her. You know, I think I read like two, two Bible verses to her. And I was ready to explain the entire plan of salvation, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> it was going to be like a four-hour ordeal. <laughs> and she said, oh, I don't need to hear any of that. I just, I'm ready to get saved. Just tell me how to do it. And within 10 minutes, she was praying a prayer. I'll show you the prayer in a few minutes. But she was praying a prayer, and she received Christ and got saved, found a good church, living for the Lord. And I was like, wow, wow, that was easy. In fact, it was so easy that I, I called her sister the next day, and I was like, man, that was, that was awesome, praying with your sister yesterday. She goes, yeah. And then I asked her a question. So it was so easy. Why didn't you do it? It was so easy. Why didn't you do it? And she said, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a brand new Christian. What, what if I said something wrong? What if I read the, the wrong Bible verse? What, you know? And then, and then she said this. Not only am I a brand new Christian, you're the pro. You ought to do it. 
And I went home thinking about that. I'm the pro. That's my job. I ought to do it. And how many of you know that is not God's plan? Just for a bunch of highly educated super saints, of course, like me, to <laughs> Pastor Jim, to lead people to Christ. She could have done that easily. In fact, within a few weeks, she was doing that. She was leading people to Christ. And then I realized, as I thought about the guy that led me to Christ, Joey McDonald, and I actually met him years later, and he told me, you know, when I led you to Christ, I was only 18 years old. Just graduated from high school. <laughs> and I'd only been saved six months. And I said to him, well, how did you know what to do? And he said, well, that was no big whoop. I just did, did with you what my, buddy, what my buddy at high school did with me. You know, told me about Jesus, said you ought to go to heaven, and... And, and let's pray. Read John 3.16 to me, and, you know, that was, that was it. So here's what I want to say to you this morning. When it comes to helping people find Christ, cross the line of faith, get saved, when it comes to that, here, my, my message today is you can do it. You can do it. I can do it. Any one of us can do it. And I'm going to say amen to that. Because I believe that with all my heart. But we have to be ready. Now, my, I, I had a fishing pole up here this morning. Uh, I just want you to know I am not a fisherman. That was a borrowed fishing pole. I, I, my, my dad was a fisherman. He was, really a, he was a, a fly fisherman. He was really good at it. But my dad told me a couple things about fishing. So let me, let me tell you what my dad said. He said, if you're going to be a good fisherman, first of all, you have to like fish. You got to like them. If you don't like fish, you're not going to be a good fisherman. And, and he says, and, you, and then you got you to know the fish that you're after. Is it going to be a rain? He was a trout guy. Is it going to be a rainbow? Is it going to be a brookie? Is it going to be a brown fish? So you got to know your fish and you got to like them. Number two, he said, you got to know what setting you're in. Are you fishing at the lake? Are you fishing on a fast-moving river? Is it a little brook that just kind of meanders through the forest? You have to know that. And then he says, uh, it helps to know what time of day it is. If you're fishing early in the morning, it's altogether different than if you're fishing late at night. Well, I didn't know that. But that was dad's word. And then he said... You put all those things together, and then you choose the bait. Am I going to use just uh, worms? Am I going to have a special fly to use? Am I going to use power bait? You know, but you gotta, you got to like the fish, and you got to know what you're after. So that's kind of good advice. So what I want to do this morning, real quickly, is I want to give you five steps to being a good fisher for Jesus. Amen? You'll see it in your outline. There's a little outline. I think it's in your bulletin. You can follow along if you wish. But here are the five steps to being a good fisher, a good fisher person for the kingdom of God. Now, I want to just also stop here for a moment and say this. You may get two sermons today. Uh, I'm prepared to give you one, but, you know, if the Spirit leads, I may go right into sermon number two. All right, so I'm just giving you a warning. If after the first sermon, you know, you're, well, I've had enough, you can get up and leave, and 
we'll preach sermon number two to the crowd that's left. But I, I just want to, to, to let you know that there is a possibility of two sermons today. So five steps to being a good fisherman for the Lord. Number one is have a heart for people. You have to have a heart for people. You have to care about people. Amen? I mean, wouldn't you think that was important? Now, I'm saying that because I had a custodian in my first church who did not like people. You might guess why. She would, she would come to me often after the Sunday morning service angry about something. You know, the, some, some little boy had spilled his Cheerios on the carpet during the service. And, you know, why didn't that mom and dad clean those up? Or why didn't he just go down and eat off the floor? <laughs> Who's going to clean up those Cheerios? That's going to be me, you know. And she would, she, would, she would talk about the Cheerios, and she would talk about the, the uh, songbooks that didn't get put away, and, you know, this was disheveled and all this stuff. And it seemed like every Sunday she was mad. Now, here was the problem. I was praying for God to send more people to our church. She was actually praying for God to send less people to our church. Why? Because people messed up the church. You know, we got almost a full house here this morning. It's going to be a messy place when, this, when, when we're done. Maybe, unless you, yeah, maybe I ought to pick up my Cheerios. Well, maybe so. But this lady did not have a heart for people. She had a heart for the building, but not for people. On the other hand, um, back in my Navy days, when I, when I really started to take this seriously about being an ambassador for Christ, there was a, a young guy on my ship. His name was Howard, and I had a, I had a heart for Howard. I, I would think really often. He was a buddy of mine, but, but Howard had a problem. He, he, when he got on the ship, he got into drinking too much, and pretty soon he was drunk five nights a week, and... You know, and I could just see his, his life spiraling down. And I would say to the Lord, Lord, man, Howard would make a great Christian if he'd get saved and get his life together, you know. And I just started thinking about Howard. I had a heart for Howard, and I thought about him a lot. That's where it starts. Have a heart for people. Number two, pray. Pray. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if every one of us here today just had a list of two or three or four people, maybe in the back of our Bibles, that we were praying for every day. Praying what? Well, just, you know, I, I, pray for, I pray for Susie that she will really come to know you in a, in a saving way. Just a simple prayer. And you just think about Susie every day and pray for her every day and ask for God to, you know, do things in Susie's life. And how many of you know God loves that prayer? God will answer that prayer if every one of us if every one of us did that. Pray. Number three, invite. Number one is have a heart. Number two is pray. Number three, in, in, invite. Invite. You know, in John chapter one and verse 40, one of the first disciples of Jesus, his name was Andrew. Remember, we just read about Andrew. He had a brother named Peter. And it says in John 1.40, the first thing Andrew did was find his brother Simon, or Peter, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. Almost every time you see Andrew in the New Testament, you know what he's doing? He's inviting someone to meet Jesus. This, this gift of, of, of inviting 
is, is a big thing. So, so with Howard, I looked for all kinds of opportunities. I knew that Howard used to water ski. And the college youth group, college-age youth group at the church we were going to up in Bremerton, Washington, uh, the, uh, the youth leader uh, had a ski boat. And he had a house right on Puget Sound. And on Friday nights, you know, you could go to his house at 5 o'clock. You could ski for two or three hours. He'd cook some hot dogs, and we'd have a Bible study. I think I invited Howard to go water skiing five times. And every time he said, no, no. I invited him to church. No, I invited him to a Christian concert. No, 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 no. I got a little discouraged with Howard. And one night, I was... Sunday night, I was coming off the ship. I was heading for church. They had a Sunday night service. I was heading down the pier. And as I was walking down the pier, I could see Howard coming back from town, walking toward the ship. And there was Howard. Little boy says, well, invite him to church. And I said, you know, don't do this, okay? I said to God, (laughs) no. I've invited Howard to go skiing. I've invited him to church. I've invited him to concerts. And he has said, what? No, no, no. Howard just doesn't want to come. I'll ask him. He'll say no again. And here's what God said to me. Now, here's here's something to mark, okay? God spoke into my heart very plainly as I walked. We, you know, we, we walked by each other. And I said, hey, how you doing? Good. And just kept walking. And the Lord said, if Howard wants to say no, let him say no. Don't say no for him. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many times have you been prompted by God to invite someone to church? Anyone, no, they're not going to come. You know, my neighbor's not coming. My husband's not coming. My kids won't come. And God said, let Howard say no. He's pretty, he's pretty well practiced at it already. He's a big boy. He can say no if he wants. And so I turned around, and Howard was quite a ways away at that point, heading up the, heading up the plank going onto the ship. And I yelled at him, hey, Howard, hey, I'm, I'm going to church. You want to come with me? And there was a pause. And I heard him say, Hey, you know, I think I will. And that was the night that Howard prayed to receive Christ. That was the night that Howard got saved. That's, that was the night that it all changed in Howard's life. And God did a, a deep and powerful work in his life. And within a, a few days, I think almost every guy on the ship knew that Howard was a different guy because the Lord had saved him. So look for those opportunities Look uh, to invite someone to church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number four, look for open doors. Look for open doors. I, I was reading about Tim Tebow this week. You know who that is? Back in 09, he was the quarterback playing for the national championship game, college football. And it was on TV. I don't watch a lot of TV football, but I was watching that game as it happened. And his team was winning the game. He was having a great game. And and at one point, the cameras 
zoomed in on Tim Tebow, and he had these, you know, the black uh, marks under his eyes, and he had these really thick black marks under his eyes. And the cameraman zoomed in, and one of the announcers said, hey, what? Has he written something on, on the black on his eyes? And they zoomed in. You know what it said? It said, John 3.16, on the black marks under his eyes. And the announcer said, is that a Bible verse? <laughs> what? What's he doing that for? And they kind of made a big deal, and it was... A, Kind of it was, part of it was sort of respectful, and some of it wasn't as respectful as it should have been. John 3.16, they found out later, 93 million people Googled John 3.16 that day all across America, and they read the verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see what Tim Tebow was doing that day? He thought to himself at some point, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to be playing on national TV today. I wonder how I could represent Jesus. And this idea comes, John 3.16 on his face. Probably didn't even think it was a big deal. Who knows how many people crossed the line of faith that day because Tim Tebow put John 3.16 on his face. Isn't that amazing? Look for those opportunities. You know, the, the woman I talked about earlier whose sister we prayed with, the day she was talking to sister on the phone and she was telling her sister, yeah, I just got saved a few weeks ago and here's what God has been doing in my life. And she shared a little bit of what God was doing, how God had changed her. And at some point in the conversation, this is what her sister said. I need that. That's what her sister said. You know, this lady didn't preach at her sister or anything. Her sister just said, I need that. And this lady said, great, I'll call my pastor up. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Boom. And it was that easy. And she did need that. Look for open doors of opportunity. And then number five, be prepared. Anybody know what that is, be prepared? What is that? Hey, we got a Boy Scout. <laughs> How many of you knew that, really? The Boy Scout motto, be prepared. Well, you know what? It ought to be our motto, too. Be prepared. 1 Peter 3.15 1 Peter 3.15 says this, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone, anyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is within you. Be prepared. Just be ready. You know? What, what, what if your sister said today, hey, I'm ready to get saved. What would you say? Oh, call Pastor Karen. <laughs> call Pastor Jim. Call John. We ought to be prepared. So real quickly, let me give you three tools, okay? I'm going to give you three tools. I think I only listed two in your outline, but maybe there's... I'm going to give you three. Three tools that you ought to have ready every day to use to tell people about Jesus. Number one is your story. 
your story of how you came to faith in Christ, your story of what God is doing right now in your life. And how many of you know every one of us have a story? You've got a story. You say, well, yeah, but mine isn't all that exciting. It doesn't matter. You know, mine wasn't all that exciting either, but it was, but it was exciting to me what God did in my life. Just be able to tell people what your story is. And listen, not the three-hour version of your story. <laughs> the two- to four-minute version of your story. You know, if someone just said, hey, why are you a Christian? Could you just share your story in two to four minutes, maybe five at the outside? Could you do that? We should know our story. Number two, we ought to have a Bible verse ready to give them. Amen? Now, there are a lot of ways to do that. I want to just give you John 3.16 again. We often refer to John 3.16 as the gospel in a nutshell. And you should have that written down. You ought to maybe spend some time today or tomorrow just reading over John 3.16 and saying, could, could I use John 3.16 to help a person, help pray with a person to receive Christ? Just that one, one verse. Now, if you, if you have more time, you could use the, the Roman road. In fact, how many of you have seen this, this little, this little card? It's in the back of the room, okay? There's a whole bunch of them back there. Uh, it's called, and Pastor Jim carries one of these all the time. Here's what it says. It's called, get out of, get out of hell free. Get out of hell free. And on the front, it says, John 3.16, so there it is. But then on the back of it, it has what some people refer to as the Roman road. It's a series of Bible verses in the book of Romans that you can use to help a person become a Christian. So have that little card with you. You've got the Bible verses already. You just should be ready to, to use it. So that's pretty simple. Amen? So have some Bible verses ready. And then thirdly... Have a prayer ready to use. See, the lady, the sister, the lady in my church, she said, well, I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't, I mean, if I prayed with them, I wouldn't even know what to pray. And, and I think that's kind of the, the more difficult thing for many of us. Well, what do I pray? So guess what I've done for you today? If you look in your outline, guess what, there, guess what you'll see? It's a prayer. It's a whole prayer, and I want to read it. You know why? Because this is almost exactly what Joey McDonald prayed with me. I can't believe it. 60 years ago. 60 years ago. Follow along. Here's the prayer. Dear God, if you are real, I want to know you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Please forgive all my sins and wrongs and help me to be the person you created me to be. As best as I know how, I'm saying yes to you today. From this day on, I choose to follow you. How many of you know that's a sweet prayer, huh? Isn't that a sweet prayer? You ought to have that tucked away someplace that you could just grab it quickly and say, hey, you know, here's, here's a prayer. Now, let me say this about the prayer. 
Okay, let me say this. This is very important. This prayer is not a magic formula. This is not a religious incantation that works every time. Well, what? Well, why would I pray the prayer if it doesn't work? <laughs> well, it only works if you mean it. How many, of you, how many of you have ever tried to con God in your life? Yeah, okay, I'll make a promise. You know, you've been in a foxhole in Vietnam or Bangladesh someplace, and, you know, the bullets are flying. You make a rash promise, and then, and then you come home, and you never think about it again. This prayer only works if you mean it. You think you can con God? You think God will hear your words and not see your heart? A prayer is only meaningful to God if you mean it from the depths of your heart and you're willing to follow through. How many of you can say amen to that? I mean, we can say amen because most of us have tried to con God one time or another, made promises at one time or another that we're sorry we did. This is, this is a prayer that will work if a person is sincere. Now, I want to close sermon number one. And I'm looking at the clock here. I want to tell you a story about a, a little girl who wanted to let her light shine for the Lord. I think she was about five or six years old. And she was at the doctor's office for her annual checkup. Very shy, very scared to be there. The doctor knew it, and so being a, a good pediatrician, the doctor thought, you know, I'm going to get this little girl to smile. I'm going to get her to laugh. I'm going to get her to talk. And so, so he was looking in her ear, and as he looked in her ear, he said, ooh, do I see the cookie monster in there? The little girl didn't say a thing. He said, okay, open your mouth, stick out your tongue, let me take a look. And he's looking back in there, you know. Do I see Big Bird in there? Little girl didn't say a thing. And then he got his stethoscope out and he's listening to her heart, puts it on her back, listening to her lungs. And he said, Susie, do I see Barney in there? Or do I hear Barney in there? And the little girl spoke for the first time. And she said, no, sir. I have Jesus in my heart. Barney's on my underpants. <laughs> Do you have Jesus in your heart? What was she doing? She was being an ambassador. She was letting her heart, her light shine for Jesus in a simple way that any of us could do. Amen? Sermon one. I'll come back someday and do sermon two, okay? <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a good one. I wonder if you would just bow your hearts with me for just a moment. Just a moment, we're going to 
pray and wrap the service up. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I wonder, I'm going to ask two questions this morning. I wonder if God is speaking to your heart today as a Christian and is saying, you could do that. You could actually help someone cross the line of faith. You could actually help someone get saved. I wonder how many of you are hearing that this morning and are saying somewhere down deep within, wow, I would love to, I would love to do that. I would love to know that when I get to heaven, there's going to be someone else in heaven that, that is there because of my witness, my testimony, something I said or did. How many of you as a Christian would raise your hand and say, I would love to be used like that by, by the Lord. Just lift your hand wherever you are. Just lift it up high. I would love for God to do that through me. And so, Father, I, I pray that you'll see these hands today. I, I pray that you'll raise up a, really an army of men and women and young people, uh, just like Joey McDonald, just like this little girl who, who want to let our light shine in positive ways and help more people come into, into the family of God. And then just before we close, I wonder this. I wonder if there are some of you here who you look at the prayer we read a few minutes ago and you'd say, I'm not really sure that I'm a Christian. I'm not really sure that I've crossed the line of faith. I'm not really sure that I am actually on my way to heaven. But this morning, you want to make sure. Just like Joey McDonald asked me the question, Let's, let's make sure. You want to just make sure of your own salvation today. And I wonder how many of you, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, no one looking around, I wonder if there's anyone here today, you just lift your hand, just, just quickly lift it up high and say, Terry, I want to cross the line of faith. I want to be sure that I'm a Christian and on my way to heaven. Just lift your hand up wherever you are in the room. I see your hand. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand, young lady. In the back, anyone? Just lift it up high. This is the day. I'm not going to embarrass you at all, but this is the day God is calling you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Then here's the deal. In this quiet moment, I want you to say quietly in your heart the prayer that I'm going to read. You just heard it a few minutes ago. You know what it says already. But between you and God in this moment, would you say this to him? Dear God, if you are real, I want to know you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And so, Lord, please forgive all my sins today, all my sins and wrongs, and help me to be the person that you actually created me to be in the first place. As best as I know how, I'm saying yes to you today. From this day on, I choose to follow you. And you know, if you prayed that prayer sincerely this morning, perhaps you can sense 
that God is doing a deep work in your heart. He's doing it right now. He's here. What's he doing? He's forgiving your sins. He's writing your name in the book of life. He's assuring you a place in his kingdom forever. You say, well, Pastor Terry, what should I do now? Well, you should follow up on that. You should try to live for him. You should come to church every Sunday. Get a Bible and start, start reading it. And be aware of people around you who see the change in your life and start asking you, hey, what's different about you? And you can say, well, I invited Jesus to be my Savior on Sunday. And he is doing good things for me. So, Father, hear our prayers. Thank you for this time this morning when we could talk about what Jesus has called us to be when he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. May it be, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand together. We're going to sing a song, right? Listen, if you prayed uh, a prayer of any kind this morning and you'd like to talk with me after the service, I'll be around for a little while. Love to talk with you and help you get started in your own relationship with the Lord. We're going to show a video right now. Who's, who's coming? Okay, come on up.
guys that was just a live love update really a church update for this whole entire church thank you guys for being a part of everything that's going on here I just want to introduce myself I'm Rachel and this is Darlene Cindy also um, she kind of runs some of the show too and she's not here today um, a lot of things going on here but I just wanted to praise God for this woman right here um, not only has she come alongside what's going on. She has a very intimate sight into my heart, and I can't thank you enough. I can't thank God enough for you, and I just wanted to say that before I got into my little whatever God has me to say right now. <laughs> okay. Um, but I wanted to share that the lyrics of that song reminds us that we are a moment, and God is forever, that we are a vapor, and God is eternal, Love everlasting, reigning on high. And all of what goes on at Live Love Foundation of Salvation, the work shown in the video is actually secondary to the goal. And with all that's going on in the world, I know I'm not the only one with a lot of heaviness on my heart with the world in the way that it is today. Um, we can lose focus on the goal. So as I sway back and forth between my flesh and my spirit, from the goal, his word reveals the goal of every believer. Don't try to preserve your life. Instead, focus on God's goal for you. His child, like Paul, is this your goal? And he says it clearly in Philippians 3, 10 through 21. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. <clears throat> Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. And then Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, encapsulates it again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the world, because <laughs> that will hinder us greatly, and the sin, and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So you are invited (laughs) to come alongside Live Love Foundation of Salvation Ministry. It is messy, okay? It is not not a pretty thing. Um, If you're looking for clean imperfection, don't come. Um, Because this is messy and it's real. And I got jabs coming out from every direction. And it's not for the faint of heart. So thank you, Darlene. Not for the faint of heart, y'all. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm always so amazed that the one God moves to knock on my door. I'm always blown away out of the water. So we have opportunities here, church, to serve, pray, and donate with Operation Christmas Child coming up Friday, October 21st at 1230, and Halloween Outreach Monday, October 31st at 4 p.m. Also, if you want to serve at Awana, there are sign-up sheets on your way out the door. Um, I don't need I don't need weekly leaders. I need people who I can call when my leaders are out. So I need somebody who I can, I need a list of people who are willing to serve um, and be flexible. Uh, the best way, if you don't sign up here, go to LiveLoveFoundationOfSalvation.org and click the volunteer button. I tried it today just to make sure it worked properly. Let us know how you want to serve, um, whether it be in prayer, time, or money. The, this absolutely encourages us in seasons of drought and weariness. So go to the website, click the volunteer button, say, I'm praying for you guys. That encourages us as we go and do whatever God leads us to do, guys. <laughs> Love you and have a blessed day. Thank you. Well, I guess y'all are dismissed. (laughs) Have a blessing, everyone.
Say 